Our tithing scripture today comes out of Psalm 56, and it's entitled, the, the chapter of this psalm is actually called, In God I Trust. I think that's very fitting in today's age. We need to trust in something. Amen. And everything I used to trust in, you know, Jack and Jim and Jose and all those guys, they all let me down. The God I trust in builds me up, and that's who you need to trust in. It says, be gracious to me. Oh, God, for man tramples on me. Anybody had one of those weeks this week where it just seems like no matter what you did, you just felt trampled on and on? Man, Lord, I'm trying to get a breakthrough. I just feel like I'm being pressed on over and over and over. Here's the thing, you are. If you're doing something for the Lord, if you're following the Lord, the enemy's trying to push you down over and over and over. And the Bible calls him a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour and if you don't stand up and stand courageous to that punk, the enemy of the devil, he'll devour you. Amen. But there's hope, there's truth, and there's Jesus Christ. Right. He goes on to say, my enemies trample me all day long. They just won't stop at work, at home, at school. Sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you, you feel like the enemy's at church. Look to your left, look to your right. They're not your enemy. They are on your side. If they are a child of God, they are on your side. They are for you, not against you. And I know sometimes the bureaucracy and the politics of life can some, sometimes put scales on our eyes. But that's where you got to recognize it's where it's coming from. Verse 3, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Somebody today is a fearful. Somebody today is, is depressed. Somebody today is full of anxiety. Somebody today is full of worry. That all comes from the enemy. And that does nothing but produce more worry, more stress, more fear, more anxiety. The cure for that is God's word. Amen. And a lot of times we tend to go to this last because we say, this is just words on a page. What can do this do for me? But I've got news for you. If it just stays words on the page and you don't implant them in your heart, that's where they stay. You have to take God's words and apply it to your life. You can't just use it as, as a story. This is the living, true word of God. And it is meant to heal physically, mentally, spiritually. Otherwise, it's just a story. Even the enemy believes in God's word. He just doesn't follow it. And I don't know about you, but I, didn't need, I need to follow God's word daily. Otherwise, I get into a heap of trouble. Yeah. Amen? Then it says, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. And here we go. What can flesh do to me? Why are you so worried about hurting people's feelings or stepping on their feet because you're following God? Why are you worried about offending them just because you're reading your Bible or you're praying? You can't be afraid. You can't be scared to follow God in society. That's why we're at in the place we're at today. And here's the, some people are sitting their hands like, yeah, but I, I don't know. I, sometimes, you know, I'm worried about people. I'm worried about what they say or if they think I'm a hater or if they think I'm a bigot. Don't worry about offending them. Amen. They're going to go away eventually, I promise you. The one person, the one God you need to worry about offending is right up there, and that's Jehovah yeah. God. Don't be confused. The title of my message today is, or is Courage Conquers Control. Courage conquers control. Let's pray for the tithe, and we're going to get into the message. So, Father God, as we go through and we collect the tithe, Lord, we thank you just for the opportunity to breathe your air. We thank you for waking us up this morning, Lord, because sometimes we don't understand why we got to wake up this morning. 
And sometimes, Lord, sometimes we're ungrateful that we get have to wake up because we think we have to deal with so many things. But, Lord, you gave us an opportunity to go out and right the wrong. You gave us the opportunity to get up and go out and do your will to a lost world. Lord, today, our will, our, your will for our lives may be to just give somebody a hug or give somebody a high five or witness. Lord, today we may be able to witness to somebody to where they come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we thank you for that opportunity. And Lord, today we thank you for the brave men and women that paid the ultimate sacrifice. And Lord, we thank you mostly for your son, Jesus Christ, for paying the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom by dying on the cross. And we pray, pray all this in Jesus' name. The church said, amen. Go ahead and collect the tithe. All right. Courage conquers control. And I'm like Pastor Pat. I like to walk all around, but live stream, I'm stuck in a box, so I'm going to stay here. But just picture me walking everywhere. Courage conquers control. Today's society has given us a skewed picture version of what courage is. So today, my job is to explain what true courage is. Go ahead and put the first picture up there. This is what society wants you to think true courage is. Notice the guy that's burning the flag is wearing a mask because he doesn't want his identity revealed. The First Amendment gives us the right to freedom of speech and to protest where need said. That's not protesting. That's called rioting. They're not protesting for a reason. They're protesting to get free stuff in stores. Son, why are you burning the flag? I don't know. That's what I saw on the Internet, so I figured that's what I should do. That's not courage. That's confusion. That's control. Next picture. That's courage. Amen? All I'm doing, all I'm doing is explaining what the world's view of courage is, which is nonsense, and what true courage is. Those are Marines raising the flag in Iwo Jima, and yes, I'm partial Marines. Just deal with it. They are raising the flag on Iwo Jima. Next picture. I did this for a reason. I thought about it and prayed about it and prayed about it, and God said, you need to do it. This is what people think courage is, is a man dressed up like a woman. I have to go back to Scripture. Everything I see, I have to go back to Scripture and test it against God's Word. What does God's Word say? God says, I created man, and out of man's rib, I created woman. Amen? The world is taught that it's courage to dress out like a woman. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to love this man just as much as we love everybody else and preach the truth to him so that he may see the light just like we did. Amen. Amen. Our sin is the same as, as the sin there, but we need to show him that there's another way and show him what a true biblical man is. Amen. Next picture. That's courage. That's courage. This man lost his legs to a um, triple stack mine. That's a mine on top of a mine on top of a mine. And mind you, they're anti-tank mines. So that's three anti-tank mines all together on top of each other. You hit it, and that's what happens. So just look at the sides here if you need to. So he said, I don't care if I don't have any legs. When the national anthem is presented and my flag of my country that I love is presented, I'm going to stand up any way I can. That's courage. Next picture. We only got two more. Look at the side screen. That's okay. Don't worry about it. That's courage. That's a daddy 
leaving his wife and his child going to fight for their freedom, knowing there's a chance that he may not come back. That's courage. That's a wife knowing that her husband has a calling on his life and she has the courage to support him going overseas and fighting for their little, their little boy's freedom. Next picture, last one. And that's all courage. That's men and women that have died for our freedom. You say, oh, that's a lot of pictures. No, that, that's a lot of sacrifice. That's a lot of courage. So I just wanted to make sure that at least here in this sanctuary, the 10 o'clock service and out on live stream, we are very clear on what courage is and what courage is not. Amen. All right, go ahead and raise up the screen. So I was reading, I was studying, studying, studying. I'm like, what is a good, great scripture, a great book that can define courage in the Bible? And, and God took me to Daniel. And if you haven't read the book of Daniel, it is an incredible read, just like the rest. But this is really, Daniel really displayed faith and courage in the Lord amidst fear and somebody trying to control what he does, what he says, and how he acts. So I'm going to take you to Daniel 3. A little backstory is King Nebuchadnezzar takes over Jerusalem. He says, I want all the youth, all the ones that are worth anything, the ones that are strong and healthy and knowledgeable, I want them to serve me and my kingdom. So he takes in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we all know that their names are changed later, but we're specifically talking about Daniel here because he is the forerunner. He says, in the face of, of, of control and fear, I'm going to display courage. And through that courage, we, we go to know that he sets a trend throughout that affects the rest of mankind even to today. Because let's be, let's be honest, if our World War I veterans wouldn't have been courageous, we'd be speaking either French or Japanese. Am I right? World War II, same thing. If, if they were scared to go over to, to France and Austria and fight on the enemy's territory, because that's what was going on, somebody controlling, trying to get more control over somebody else. And there was courageous people that went over there and said, you can't do that. It doesn't work like that. And that's what war is. And people say war is over money and power. Well, all money and power does is give you control. That's what people really fight over is control. We want to control you. And we can, the more money we have, the more we can control you. Sound familiar? Look at your own country. Hey, let's, let's raise the debt ceiling and get more money. Yeah. Hasn't worked so far. So there has to be a courageous um, people that rise up and say, you know what, that's not right. And that's what Christians' job are, is to do, right? Amen? It's to stand up for God's word and say, man, that ain't right. More money just equals more problems. That's what, I, that's what the rap song heard that I used to listen to, right, Mikey? Who's that, P. Diddy and uh, Jace? There you go. I knew Mikey would know. So going forward, so Daniel... He grows up and he, he becomes, he's in the, uh, the new um, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. And Nebuchadnezzar starts having different dreams. And he can't figure them out. He's dreaming, dreaming, dreaming. So he calls all the wise men, all the magicians and says, guys, I need you to interpret my dreams. And he goes, here's how I'll know if you can do it. I want you to tell me what I dreamt about. And they're like, man, I, we can't explain that to you. You got to tell us what you dreamt. He goes, well, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. You're dead. He says, I want all the wise men and I want all the magicians killed in the kingdom. Daniel hears about it and he goes, you know what? God has given me the gift to interpret dreams. Don't kill all those guys, king. I'll interpret your dream. So he goes on to interpret his dream and the king is so happy and so um, mystified 
by him and be able to interpret his dream that he not only honors Daniel, but he honors the God that Daniel serves. And he goes on and he starts to honor God himself. This king does. And then he gives Babylon, the whole kingdom of Babylon, in control of Daniel. So Daniel goes on and he's being very successful, him and his buddies. And then we come to Daniel chapter 3. And I'm actually going to go to verse uh, 14. So what happens is Nebuchadnezzar goes and builds this big old statue that Daniel basically said, you better not build this because this is what's going to happen. He built, he, uh, Nebuchadnezzar dreamt about this big statue. And Daniel says, this is what this big statue means. It means this is how your kingdom is going to fall. So what does Nebuchadnezzar do? He goes and builds that very statue that Daniel says is going to fall. So then this guy comes up and he says, Anybody that does not get down on their knees when they hear all these musical instruments and start worshiping this statue, they're getting thrown into a fiery furnace. So here's my first question to you guys. What will it take for you to bow down? Not to God, to everything else. We say nothing. We say, everybody say, oh, I'll never bow down. Go over to the Middle East. Christians being killed daily because of their faith. And what they say is, all you got to do is denounce the name of Jesus and you'll live. They said, man, I'd rather die than denounce the name of Jesus. I'd rather be a free, die a free man than, or a seer, than live a slave. I'd rather die a free man than live a slave. Amen? That's a lot of courage, don't you think? So when somebody, they're trying to control Daniel and saying, you know what, dude? We tell you when to get down. We tell you who to worship to. And you better do it. Otherwise, we're throwing you in a fiery furnace. And Daniel's the buddy says, dude, throw us in. Bring it on. God will either pull you out of the fire himself or he'll walk through, you with, he'll walk through it with you. And that's straight out of scripture. That's not just some preacher saying this is what's going to happen. Let's read on. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you. Dude, we don't even need to talk to you. We know who we are. We know who we are in Christ, and we know what we're not going to do. We're not going to bow down to you. That ain't going to happen. And if you think this ain't going on in today's world, you're crazy. We just had, uh, on Friday morning, me and my wife pulled up at 745, and we see people putting a meter on our building said, hey, man, what are, you, what are you guys doing? This is the, ga the, the gas meter. Oh, we're putting a new meter on. I said, well, did you call and check with us if we wanted a new meter? No, we don't have to. Okay. Um, well, did you call and check and let us know you are coming? No, we don't have to. Okay. Lord, we didn't shut off your gas, so we didn't have to let you guys know. Okay. So what is, it, what is this new meter you're putting on? Oh, it's called a smart meter. Anybody ever heard of the smart meter? It's, it's very smart for them. So what the smart meter is, is basically we let you know when you've had too much gas and we'll shut it off. And we don't even got to come out there. We don't even got to come to your house. We just go boop and it's shut off. That is called control. They want it. They want to feel, oh, it's better for the environment and this and this and this. Buddy, I, I think it's been all right so far. I, I'd rather control my own gas, right? Amen. I want to be the one to yell at my kids when they got the heat on too long. Right? Not the government. I don't need you to let me know when my gas bill is too high. I, I know when my gas bill is too high. Control. So, they don't bow down. They go and say, if this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. What's your fiery furnace you're dealing with today? 
what is the obstacle that is facing you today? We all have a fiery furnace we deal with on a daily basis. And we dread it, and we look at it, and we worry about it for hours or for days or for weeks. Our stomach turns. We get sweats. We get nervous. Sometimes it consumes our whole life. When all we got to do is we got to say, God, I can't handle this on my own. That's right. Right? Right? Hold on, hold on. God, I can't handle this on my own. I need you to walk through the furnace with me. Because I know if Aaron tries to do it, I'll just end up going through furnace after furnace after furnace after furnace. I need God to walk by my side because when I didn't have God on my side, it was a complete mess. Anybody remember this prayer? God, if you get me out of this one, I'll be at church next Sunday. Who went to church the next Sunday? Don't lie, you're in church. Me neither. But God's grace is sufficient enough for your issue and your issue and your issue and my issue. 99 point, this is a, a true study, 99.5% of the stuff that we worried about last year never came to fruition. That's a true stat. Facts are our friends, right? We have to rely on the facts. So what happens to, to the boys? But if not, it, let it be known, verse O King, that we will not serve your gods, little g gods, or worship the golden image that you have set up. It does, you know what? Let's just say God doesn't come. We're still not worshiping you, dude. It still ain't going to happen. I like that. I like that courage. I like that boldness. Because guess what? Pretty soon, and we didn't think all the other stuff was coming soon, but it has. Pretty soon you're going to hear this on your door. Hey, you need to open up. We want to see what you got in your house. And it may already be happening. Hey, uh, we know what's best for your kids. Hey, uh, we know what kind of schooling they need. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and teach them everything they need to know. We see how that's gotten, right? right. It's the first thing they did, they did. They took God's word out of the public schools. Right. And now look at the public schools. What a mess that is. And we've got teachers in this room that will testify to that. There's good schools out there. Don't get me wrong, but... There's a lot of not good schools as well. Um, verse 24, so they go to the fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared, counselors, did we not cast three men into the fiery furnace? Didn't we throw three in there? One, two, three. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, didn't we throw three in there? He answered and said, but I see four. I see four men walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods, little g. But little did he know that was the one true God. That was the big G God. That was Jehovah God that walked through there. And not only did that get out, it goes on to say that didn't even smell like smoke. We went camping a week or two ago, and we get home, and a day or two later, my wife's like, you still smell like the campfire. I said, thank you, first. And then, but... These guys didn't even smell like smoke. Jehovah God protected them. So whatever you're going through today, whatever fiery furnace you are walking through, and if you serve the Lord, I promise you somebody's trying to throw you in the fiery furnace because they want to know if you talk the talk and you walk the walk. They want to know if you can back up the Bible that you speak about. And God's going to walk through there right there with you. I promise you that. 
tested, tried, and true. All right, I didn't have time for this one in the first service, but go to Daniel 6 with me. He's tested again. Daniel runs his mouth again and says, I'm serving God and I'm not going to back down. Now there's a new king, King Darius, and he makes a new rule. He says, nobody prays except to me for 30 days. Otherwise, you get thrown in the lion's den. You guys can't pray at school anymore. Stop it. It's offending other people. Well, are they praying to their little G-God? Well, how come I can't pray to the one true God? Are you going to throw me in a lion's den? No, but you'll get detention. Well, that's worse than a lion's den sometimes. There's a guy I was talking to this morning. They're starting to pass out June. I guess it's some kind of celebration month for some, some people, and I guess they're um, passing out things to wear at work. He said, I'm not wearing it. He said, I, I don't support that. that. I cannot support that because that's against my Christian beliefs. I said, well, what about this? What if you brought a bunch of shirts that said Jesus on the front, kind of like our softball jerseys that says Jesus on the front, and made them wear it? Do you think they would wear it? Probably not. Would they be made to wear it? No. There's NHL teams right now, at least these are the ones that I've seen, that they have these jerseys they're supposed to wear during warm-ups, and all these Russian players, they're taking a stance, and they're saying, we're not wearing those. They're taking a stance. And, and, and don't worry about the rest of the Russia deal. I'm, not I'm just talking about these individual men that are taking a stand and being crazy say, that goes against beliefs. I'm not wearing it. They said, well, you won't get paid. They said, then don't pay us. Money is nothing when it comes to standing up for the Lord. It doesn't matter. Let's go to um, 619. Do we got that? Yeah, oh, good, okay. Then at break of the day, so again, this is Daniel's getting thrown into the lion's den because he goes ahead and prays to God three times, at least three times a day anyway for the 30 days. And these little tattletales, they said, hey, God, you remember that guy you appointed, or uh, high, uh, king, remember that guy you appointed uh, ruler over Babylon? He's not bowing down to you, and he's praying to his God. Anybody ever met a tattletale before? My son. Hey, Mom, Dad's eating cookies again. I was trying not to drink Mountain Dew. My daughter. Mom, Dad's drinking Mountain Dew. Like, you counted. Tattletales. So these guys, hey, hey, King, uh, King Darius, he's praying to his own true God again. He's not, he's not bowing down like he should. So what's Darius do? And actually, Darius wants to see Daniel's God proven true. He says, Daniel, I'm praying that when you go in this lion's den, that God rescues you from this lion. I want your God to prove to me that he is real. Because I, if he is real, I want to worship him too. So Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den, and we all know what happens there. He gets eaten. Oh, okay, you do read the Bible. All right, here we go. He does not get eaten because God says God closes the jaw of the lion's mouth. I don't know about you, but if I was face to face with a lion... I'm not touching his mouth. I'm not coming anywhere near his mouth. But God, in his infinite power, just closed him shut. And we see small picture. Oh, that's cool. God shut the lion's mouth and Daniel got out. Here's big picture. is God can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever imagine. That's the big picture. Goes on to say, Then King Darius wrote to all the people's nations and languages. I'm in verse 25. 
uh, verse 26. Now I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever his kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. Church, I said he delivers and he rescues. If you're going through troubles right now, I want you to listen to this. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So not only did Daniel continue to prosper and was rescued out of the lion's den and out of the fiery furnace, he continued to prosper. So the moral of the story is, is whatever you're going through, keep on moving. Keep on going. Keep trucking. Don't let the wheels stop. You may feel like you're defeated. You may feel like you've hit a brick wall. You may feel like maybe you've even gone maybe down the wrong path. God allows U-turns. We've all seen the sign. If you feel like you're stuck in your spiritual walk, your mental walk, your physical walk, do something about it. Have the courage to realize, like, man, I'm, I'm stuck. I need God's help because alone, you're not going to do much, if anything at all, except cause a mess. God will deliver you out of the fiery furnace. God will deliver you out of the lion's den. God will give you the courage to stand against people you need to stand against. Could be family members. Could be co-workers. Could be people on your block. Could be people in the street. Could be anybody. He will give you the courage to stand against, and he will give you the courage to witness to. Oh, well, I don't have the gift of evangelism. No, you just don't use the gift of evangelism. Because as a born-again believer, it is your job to witness to all people. And my brother BC here, he can reach people that nobody can reach through the grace of God. How many years now? 14 or 15? 14 or 15 witness to people, and, and he, is, he is very good at what he does. Mrs. Geeson and Mike, they witnessed to people for years and years and years. I couldn't count how many people probably come to know Jesus through their ministry, through feeding thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people, and they all did it for God's glory. It wasn't for them. It wasn't for anybody else. Mike, did that take courage to do that? God, how are we going to feed all these people? We ain't got no food. I don't know. Look at the Bible about loaves and fishes. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Joshua 24, 14 and 15 is we're going to close up. And Carol, I'll have you come forward. Joshua 24, 15 is my favorite verse in the whole Bible. 24, 14 uh, leads right up to it. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Today, there's too many Christians towing the line, meaning, God, I'm going to serve you when you're doing something for me. God, when my life is good, I'm going to praise your name. When my life is bad, why do you hate me? God loves you. God loves you today. God loves you tomorrow. God loves you the next day. When you're going through trials and tribulation, James says to what? Consider it pure joy because you're moving for God. You're moving for the Lord. If you ain't going anywhere, the devil's not going to hold you back. You ever been on a horse that don't want to go anywhere? You can kick and kick and say, all you want, but he ain't going anywhere. You don't need to hold him back. You get on a lively horse, you're like, whoa. Because he's moving forward. He's trying to get somewhere. He's trying to do something. 
And when you're moving for God, the enemy's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And that's where you just go straight through that bridle and that bit, and you keep moving for God with courage, with, with faithfulness. God doesn't want anybody towing the line anymore. That's why we're at in the place we are now. I saw a story yesterday of a couple painting the rainbow stripes on the steps of a church. The rainbow represents God's love for us and his promise to us. Don't forget that. It's a lost world, and we're called to love them and go out and preach them the truth. It's not in hate. It's not in anger. It's in love because that's how God loves us. But trust me, some of us need to be pounded on the head a couple times. I'm one of them. Then he goes on to say, put away the gods, little G gods, that your father served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, which is a very bad choice, choose this day whom you will serve. Today's a day. Maybe you're already a child of God. You're like, you know what? I do choose, I do serve God, but sometimes, some days, I forget what side I'm serving. Some days I forget what side of the line I'm on because my life is such a mess, I don't know what else to do. Or maybe you don't even know about the two sides. Maybe you were like me 12, 13 years ago, and you didn't know there was another way besides the way you were living. The drinking, the drug, and the sleeping around, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Maybe you thought that's what life was supposed to be. Maybe you're always supposed to worry about a cop behind you. Maybe you're always supposed to worry about being in handcuffs this day or that day. Even yesterday, driving down the street, look behind me, there's flashing lights. I started tensing up and sweating, and God said, he ain't after you, didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> sure enough, he went right by me, wasn't even a cop. But you see how the enemy tries to put the old thoughts back in your head? He tries to put the old Aaron, the old Thad, the old Brandon back in your head like, oh, you're, you ain't changed, man. You're, the, you're still the same. Lady, you ain't changed. You're still the same. No, 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 man. You're a punk and you're a liar because that's what the Bible says. And you need to go back to hell where you belong. That's where you need to go. And that's where the courage comes in to recognize what is a lie and what is the truth. And that's what Joshua's about to say. He said, man, you guys do what you want to do. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So go ahead and rise with me. Go ahead and rise with me. We're going to say this verse together. And this isn't just us reading a verse together. This is going to be a proclamation today. Today is a day that you're going to proclaim that, God, maybe we've gotten off the beaten path a little bit. Maybe we've given the enemy a little too much foothold in my house. Maybe we've been confused and duped and tricked by the enemy. Today is the day that we're going to shut that door and we're going to let them know, devil, this house belongs to the Lord. So we're going to say this together, and I just don't want you to say it the same because it's on the board. I want you to meet it to the deepest parts of your heart. I want you to shout it to the rooftops and let the enemy know that today is a new day. Today is a day that we serve the Lord. Today is the day that I start serving the Lord, or today is the day I get back on track with the Lord. Because when you walk out those doors, it's a crazy, crazy world. I go through St. Charles County to get home, and there was a lady shot on that highway two days ago, driving her car on Harvest, right by Harvester. I drive on that road with my kids. People have no 
no care for the human race anymore. They're shooting up people. There were six people shot last night, two hours, all kinds of stuff. We need God in this nation more than ever. It's not politics. It's not this. It's not that. It's God. And the reason I say that is because when I go back through God's word, it's true over and over and over and over. This isn't my opinion or somebody else's opinion. This is what God's word says. It says stuff like this, stuff like this has happened for years and years and years. And the way you get past it, turn back towards me. That's how you got to do it. Get on your knees, turn around, repent from your wicked ways, and I will return to you. So today, we're going to read this, and that's what we're doing. We're saying, God, I know I can't do it on my own. I know my family can't do it on their own. I know this nation can't do it on our own, and I know this world. We cannot do it on our own. We need you. And today, Lord, we're going to profess that you are king and you are God. Here we go. But as for me and my house, church, I can't hear you. But as for me and my house, that's your house and your house and your house and your house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. So today, we can't close without giving that precious, precious altar call. And I wish more churches would do it. I've never heard Pastor Pat give a message, a Bible study, a prayer without giving an invitation and telling them exactly how to find the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And anybody that sits in this pulpit must do the same. Not because it's what they should do, it's because what God requires of them. So today, if you have no idea what I've been talking about, you've never opened up God's word, don't be afraid, don't be worried, don't be overwhelmed. All you have to do is know that Jesus Christ loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. He will walk through the fiery furnace with you. He will shut the lion's mouth. Don't worry about your friends that are going to think differently about you or what the world's going to say. Jesus Christ will take care of all of it. And I am living proof. We got examples all over the place. And trust me, the friends that run away when you get Jesus, they're not your friends. They just want you around because you pay the tab. Or you sit there and wallow in self-pity along with them. Right? Am I right? Hey, come on over. I'm in a bad mood. No, 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 no. You want friends around you that are going to encourage you, that are going to lift you up, that are going to share the good news and say, it's all right, next time you'll get it. You look beautiful today. You look wonderful today. Today's a good day. High five. And maybe you don't know that saving grace. So today, Lord, first off, my prayer is I pray for the lost. I pray for the unsaved. I pray for the ones that walk through this church that they had no idea why they came today. Lord, you know exactly why you brought them here today, to get saved, to accept your son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. So today, Lord, I pray for that person. And today, Lord, all they got to do, just they don't got to go up, come forward or do some crazy stuff and dance and sing. Lord, all they got to do is just raise your hand. Nobody's looking. Just, just put it up quick, quick. I see it down. Lord, and for the saved today that have lost their way, that have let the fear, the anxiety, the depression, the worry slip in. Lord, the devil's crafty. But, Lord, we know your word will seek him out and make him get out of there. James 4 says, wherever the name of Jesus is spoken, the devil must flee. So today, Lord, I pray over all these families. 
I pray for the moms, the dads, the sons, the daughters, the brothers, the sisters, the grandkids. Lord, I speak the name of Jesus over all these families. I speak the name of Jesus over all these situations, over the fiery furnace, over the lion's den. Lord, today we consider those done. Today is a new day, and Lord, today we will serve you and your kingdom. And Lord God, together we praise your name and we worship you. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Give a shout to the Lord today.